Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together this afternoon once again. We give you thanks for a beautiful day. We give you thanks for your precious Word. And thank you for your presence within us, your presence all around us. And thank you for this opportunity you are giving us so freely to study your word and to receive the truth and the knowledge that comes from looking at, hearing and studying your word. Pray that you would open our eyes and our ears so that we may see truth hear truth and embrace truth and be changed by it through Jesus Christ our Lord. We give you thanks for everyone who has logged on both near and far and we thank you for our family that is scattered all across the world, Lord. We pray for each one of them and we trust your blessing and your spirit of wisdom and knowledge to fill our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. amen. So welcome everyone. Today we're going to do part three of the series of the teaching that we have been on for the last two weeks and today we will do part three of the anointing within. Today we're going to look at one verse of scripture from the foundation scriptures that we have been looking at and studying from the book of John, or the, rather the epistle of John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. And this time I'm going to read it from the King James Version. I like the King James Version uh, for, uh, because it, it has a word there that I, I quite looked into it and studied. And uh, that's why I'm going to read from the King James Version. Only one verse, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Now, I looked up the word unction in the dictionary, and these are some of the definitions I found. The first one is the shedding of a divine or spiritual influence. One of the definitions of the word unction is the shedding of a divine or spiritual influence. Another definition says the manifestation of spiritual inspiration. The word unction means the manifestation of spiritual inspiration. Now, if you look up the word inspiration, is a divine influence, that is what the dictionary says, a divine influence directly and immediately 
exerted upon the mind or the soul. I'm going to read that again because it's an interesting choice of words as we study the subject of the anointing of the Holy Spirit and His work within the believer. The word inspiration means a divine influence directly and immediately exerted upon the mind or the soul. The Apostle John reveals to us through the Word that this unction from the Holy One, this shedding of spiritual influence exerted upon the mind or the soul of the believer, remains and abides within us for the purpose of instructing, comforting, teaching, and guiding us into all truth. Now, if we're going to be taught and instructed directly by this unction from within us, we need to first of all acknowledge His presence within us. Acknowledge His presence within and recognize the influence He exerts upon the mind and the soul of the believer from deep within, because that's where He resides. The Holy Spirit does not reside in our mind or in our body. The Spirit Himself resides within the human, born-again, recreated spirit of a person. So, from deep within, this unction, this anointing, exerts His influence primarily upon the mind, that is, the thought, the will, and the emotions of the believer, bringing divine harmony between the spirit and the soul. That is his primary work. It is to bring our soul, the soul of the believer, which is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, to bring them in agreement with the spirit to bring the soul in agreement and in harmony with our spirit. Now, once the soul, that is the will, the mind, and the emotions of the believer, are in harmony and in agreement with our spirit, the two exert the influence on our physical body, causing it to submit to the dictates of our inward man. This is very important, what I'm sharing with you, and I will explain it further. Paul speaks of this exercise in the book of Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 9, or rather, the first letter of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, and verse 27. Paul talks about this exercise that I have just explained to you. So this is very important. Let's look at it together and see what Paul said concerning this this subject that we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. 
Paul says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Notice the choice of words he uses. He says, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Who is the I he is referring to? Paul says, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Who is the I he is referring to? Someone said something. Who? The inward man. He is referring to his spirit man. The new man. The one that's been born again. The inward man. Or the born again man with his renewed mind and his restored soul. So the soul has come in perfect harmony and agreement with his spirit, and together they subdue the new man, the inward man, having the soul in agreement, they subdue the physical body. Do you understand that? Now, the soul of the, of the born-again man becomes the deciding agent in our struggle against the flesh. Now, our flesh wants to do the, the same things we were doing before we got born again for the very reason that the flesh or the body has not been born again. You still have the same body. If you, if you have any doubts, then you look in the mirror. Your body was not born again when your spirit was born again. We have the same body, and the body wants to do the same old things you used to do when you were a sinner, when you were living in the world. You with me? Are you there? So, one day, of course, we're going to receive a glorified body. We're going to receive a new body. But that day hasn't come yet, so we've got to live with the one we have right now. Amen? Amen. Now, even though, even, though we born, even though we got born again by the Spirit of God, if the soul of the born-again person, that is the mind, the will, and the emotions are not ministered to by the Word of God and the unction of the Spirit within us and sides in with the flesh, the unrenewed soul, the unrestored soul, with the flesh, they side together and put our spirit into captivity. Please understand what I'm talking about. Even though we're born again, in that state that I have just explained, we will continue to live in bondage to our flesh. Now, the Bible calls this kind of living fleshly or carnal. 
Another translation puts it this way, body ruled rather than being led by the Spirit. Paul addressed this state of the, of the Corinthians when he said to them in, uh, in, three, in, in Corinthians chapter 1 verse, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 and 3, he says the following to them. Even though these Corinthian believers were born again, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they exercised the gifts of the Spirit, they were still very much carnal Christians. They were body ruled. And that's why Paul called them carnal. That means that their soul, their mind, has not been influenced or touched or renewed by the Word of God and their soul has not been restored by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the Word. Listen to what Paul says to them. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now Paul wanted to communicate to them spiritual things. He wanted to communicate to them the wisdom of God, but he was not able to do so because he said to them, you are still carnal, you're still babes in Christ, you haven't grown, you haven't matured in your spirit, and you have not matured in your character, you are carnal. For whereas there is envy among you, and strife, and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? Even though they were born again, baptized in the Spirit, these believers were filled with division and strife, and they lived as though they were never touched by the Spirit of God. It's a sad, sad state of the Christian to be in that carnal state after being born again for years, is it not? Yes. Well, that tells us that even though they were born again, their mind, the will, and the emotions of these Corinthians remained untouched by the anointing or the unction of the Holy Spirit within them. Even though they had spiritual gifts and they exercised those gifts, they spoke in tongues, they prophesied, and all of these spiritual gifts were, were resident and present in the Corinthian church, but they were still carnal and they were still babes in Christ. Why? Because the gifts of the Spirit, they are given as a gift. You don't, you don't have to mature to have spiritual gifts. Even a person who's been born again a week can have a spiritual gift. You understand that, don't you? Yes. Well, Sometimes we, we, we are puzzled by this and, and we say, but how can this be? How can this person, I mean, being filled with the Spirit, speaking in other tongues, exercising spiritual gifts, how come he still acts so immature? Hello? Amen. We all sometimes fall into that category. When we allow our body to rule us, and tell us how to behave rather than our spirit, we fall into that category of being carnal or fleshly. Amen? Amen. The reason being is because the soul 
has not been ministered to or influenced by the divine shedding of the anointing within. The indwelling presence of this divine unction has not been acknowledged, honored, to the point of being able to influence the thought and the emotional state and the behavior of the born-again believer. He has not been given that honor or that recognition within the believer to be able to influence and to be able to guide and lead the person in the right direction and change the behavior. Now, that is why I say that the first step in allowing that anointing of the Spirit within to do His work is to recognize His influence within us and to trust and rely on His ministry to us in bearing fruit, the fruit of the Amen. Spirit. Amen. Now, sad to say, and it's a fact in all of us, there is not enough recognition or honor given of His divine influence in our lives. And that, I believe, is the main reason why a believer has not fully matured. Whoever you are, regardless of what denomination you, you, you are or which church you go to, if you are not giving honor and acknowledgement to this unction of the Spirit within, and learn how He works and how He ministers to us, it's impossible for Him to do His work in us. You know, even in the church life, today we make plans in the church, we introduce programs, we introduce services, without sitting down and listening, really listening to the Holy Spirit to give us direction concerning these things. We just introduce programs thinking that they will work because they worked in another church or because they worked in another environment. That's why leadership of the church have to be very sensitive to the guiding and to the leading of the Spirit because after all, He is the Lord of the church. Amen? When we start mixing man-made plans and when we start relying on the mind and we start relying on the wisdom of men rather than the leading of the Spirit, we're not going to bear much fruit in the life of the church, even in the life of a believer. You know, today, 40 years of being with the Lord and 30 years in the ministry, I am amazed how often believers make decisions that have huge impact on their lives without stopping to consult and seek the face of the Lord and allow the Spirit to guide them in these decisions. They just, for instance, there are people just moving from one city to the next, moving from one place of employment to the next, because they offered them a few dollars more, without consulting with the anointing within and waiting upon God to guide and to lead those decisions. You know, once you come to Christ, you do not belong to yourself. You belong Amen. to Christ. Everything we do matters. It's not just about us. It's about the kingdom and about the people whom we influence in our lives. 
So every decision counts. Whether it's a small decision, whether it's a large decision, we should always seek the mind of the Spirit and be led and guided by the Spirit. For the Word says, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Amen. When Scripture talks about sons, he's speaking about mature men and women who are led, who are guided by the Spirit and the wisdom of God. And not by their flesh, or by how they feel, or by the human reasoning and emotion. There's always a conflict between our emotions, the way we feel, the way we think, naturally speaking, and the way the Spirit desires to lead and guide every believer into a life that is fruitful, representing the King and His kingdom in this present world. Are you with me? Yes. So God wants us to consult with Him about all of these matters. Because the scripture that we read in 1 John 2, 20, it says, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. We must give that unction of the Spirit the right place, the right acknowledgement, and the honor He deserves so that He can guide us in all of the affairs of life. Amen. That's as simple as I can make it. Now, no matter how good your decisions might look to you, or how wise they might be, unless they are led, unless they are inspired, and governed by the Spirit, they will not produce any fruit that will last. Jesus wants us to bear fruit, and fruit that will remain. Uh Amen. Amen. Now, so, God doesn't want us to live as though He's not around. He wants us to live with the deep understanding That Jesus, when He left the earth, He promised the disciples that He would not leave them as orphans. He didn't just even leave us a book, the Bible. He left us the person of the Holy Spirit who has come to live within the believer for the purpose of guiding us into all truth. Hello? Amen. So you're not alone. Some of us sometimes feel so sorry for ourselves, especially when we go through various tests and trials. But if you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you will find that God says, Fear not, I'm with you. I will help you. I will comfort you. I am the Lord your God. I am your Savior. I am your protector. I am your healer. I am all that you will ever need. And and it's time we get to believe those words. And act upon them. God is with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nikki. Well, that amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, the Apostle Paul had to address within the Corinthian believers this gross ignorance and lack of appreciation of the anointing within the believers in Corinth. Listen to what he says to them. In 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 1 Corinthians 6.19, he addresses this very issue that we're talking about. 
Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and the same 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and let's look at those two verses again. One Corinthians chapter three verse sixteen Know ye not you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Question mark. He says to them, What's the matter with you guys? Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God or the anointing of God dwells within you? Because they were living as though God was not in them or had any influence upon the way of thinking or the way they were led or guided or the way they behaved. Their behavior did not show that the anointing within was honored with them or had any effect upon their everyday lives. Yes. They were divided. They were fighting with each other. They, they lived in jealousy. They, they, they judged one another. In other words, as though nothing happened to them, that they were not born again. So, he's, so Paul addresses the root of the behavior. The root cause was he said to them, What? Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And then in the same letter... In chapter 6, verse 19, he says the same thing. What? He says, question mark. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Another question mark. So he is addressing this gross dishonor and ignorance of the Corinthian believers in regards to the unction and to the anointing of the Spirit within them. Now, let me say this. If we are going to grow spiritually and mature in the Lord, we need to settle this issue once and for all. We cannot go any further, spiritually speaking, until we settle this issue. We need to give more and more room to His divine inspiration and influence in our daily lives. Amen. He will not, I say this again, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is so gentle. He will not force Himself upon us and He will not shout and He will not cry out. He will just slowly, slowly start withdrawing from our lives. Now, there is a verse of Scripture that describes the character and the nature of Christ as well as of the Spirit of God. In Isaiah 42 and verse 2 and 3, we are given the understanding of what the nature of the Holy Spirit is. Isaiah 42, verse 2 and 3. Underline this verse of Scripture in your own Bible. Listen to what the Word says. 
This is concerning Jesus, but it also applies to the nature of the Spirit. He shall not cry, he shall not lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench, and he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. That means he is very gentle. He does not shout. He does not demand his own way or his own rights. Nor does the Spirit attract attention to himself. That's what this verse of Scripture, a bruised reed he shall not break. That means he's so gentle with us. He is so kind. And he's a gentleman. He stands at a ready waiting for us to ask him. Waiting for us to inquire of him. Waiting for us to turn our eyes upon him and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Guide me. Teach me. What do you mean by these words? He will prompt you. And he's so gentle. He will, he will, there's another, there's another word for it. He will, he will bear witness with your spirit. And he will gently prompt you in a certain direction. And we need to learn how he communicates with us or we will never be able to recognize the way he ministers to us and his dealings with our lives. Yes. He gently convicts us. But even when he does convict, it is so sweet. And he also disciplines us through the word. But his touch and his ministry... Even if it's discipline, it is so gentle and so loving that you know it comes from a loving Father. Amen. And you're able to receive it. That's how gentle and that's how kind is the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this. One of the primary functions of the anointing within us is the formation of our character. That means that he enables us through his ministry to be able to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. To grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, does it not? If you're any student of the Bible, you will see here in Galatians 5, Paul contrasts the, the, the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, this is, not, this is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not produce fruit. This is the fruit of the born-again human spirit through the influence and the direct impact and influence of the Holy Spirit within our spirit. Galatians 5, verse, verse 22. Bless you, Steve. To 25. Let's, let's look at this, this, this very important verses of Scripture here. But the fruit of the Spirit is... This is the fruit 
of the born-again, recreated human spirit. The fruit of the spirit is... What's the first fruit? Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, this is, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Here, we're talking about character. We grow in love. We grow in joy. We grow in peace. We grow in long-suffering. We grow in gentleness. We grow in goodness, in faith, in meekness, in temperance. And all of us desperately need to grow in these fruit of the Spirit. Now, giving honor to the anointing within us and submitting to His influence in our lives causes us to grow and mature, spiritually speaking. In other words, we get out of the carnal state and we become spiritual beings, being led by the Spirit rather than being governed by the works of the flesh. Now, that takes place as we submit to this unction within, to this divine influence within us. We grow in the fruit of love, in the fruit of peace, in the fruit of joy, and in the fruit of faith and meekness and temperance and gentleness and so on and so forth. Now, let me explain something. There is a vast difference between the anointing within us and the anointing upon us. There are two different anointings in the life of the born-again believer. There is an anointing that comes upon the believer, but there is an anointing that abides within the believer. And we're going to look at the different functions and what is each one for. Because each one has a specific ministry to the believer. Are you with me? Yes. Now, Amen. let's look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And we're going to see here the anointing coming upon the believer. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Notice the word upon you. And when that happens, Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Now that is what we call the unction or the anointing coming upon the believer. Look at Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, and you will see it. This is the fulfillment of what Jesus spoke in Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the anointing upon is for the purpose of receiving power to be an effective witness for Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Yes. You receive the courage and the power and the ability to be an effective disciple of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's power to witness to others. And how desperately we need this power to be an effective witness. Amen? Amen. It gives you power to share the word. It gives you authority and power and courage and boldness to lay hands on the sick and to pray for them and trust the Lord to heal them. Hello? Amen. That's when God imparts gifts to the believer. Spiritual gifts. Now, the anointing within though, not upon, but within, is for the formation of our character and our ability to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. There is a difference. You understand? You got me? Raise your hand if you're hearing me. Okay. Now, this is very important. The one is for power and the impartation of spiritual gifts, and the other is for fruit-bearing. We need both. God never gave us a choice. Well, he, said, he didn't say, choose the fruit rather than the power or the gifts, or choose the gifts without the fruit. We need both. We need the power and we need the fruit. We need the gifts and we need the character development. Amen? Amen. Now, the gifts are imparted by the anointing upon, but the fruit grows by our recognition and submission to the divine unction within the believer. Praise God. Now, the Word of God says that this holy unction who resides and abides within us, this divine spiritual shedding that exerts influence upon our mind, our will, our emotions, will glorify the Lord Jesus by receiving what belongs to Him and showing it or revealing it to us. Look at John chapter 16 and verse 14. John 16 and verse 14. Jesus is speaking about the ministry of the anointing within the believer and He says, He shall glorify Me for He shall receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. 
He will take the things that belong to Jesus and reveal them to us, making us partakers of His divine nature. Amen. That's how He does it. Yes. Now, the Apostle Peter explains this, how he does it. Let's look at what Peter said. Now, this unction within us unveils the character and the nature of Jesus and, as I said, imparts it to us by the illumination of the Scriptures. Yes. Look at Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Praise God. Lord, thank you. Listen to what Peter says. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these exceeding great promises you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let me explain what Peter says here. It's important for us to understand how the Spirit within does this. He says, this divine unction within the believer takes the exceeding greatness promises of God which were given to us and through these exceeding promises imparts the divine nature of God upon our born-again recreated human spirit. And our soul and He restores our mind and our emotions through the impartation of this divine nature through the Word of God. In other words, you read the Word, the written Word, the Spirit comes, takes those promises, and He ministers them to your spirit, imparting them to your heart and to your mind, and makes you a partaker of God's divine nature and also renews your mind according to the Word of God, so that your soul and your spirit are in complete agreement and harmony with each other. Amen. Amen. Now, someone once asked Reverend Kenneth Hagin, what does he consider to be the most spiritual person? <laughs> His answer amazed me. He said, I consider... A truly spiritual person, one that has his soul in agreement with his spirit. You ask the question, can two walk together unless they have agreement? When you get your soul 
in agreement with your spirit, you are truly Amen. a spiritual man. Amen. And when we speak about the soul, we speak about the emotional part of the man, the woman. We speak about the intellectual part of man, as well as the will, the decision maker. Remember, the soul is the deciding agent between the soul and the spirit, uh, between the, the spirit and the flesh. With whoever your soul sides with, that is the part of you that will dominate you. If your soul sides with your body, then your body and your soul will gain up on your spirit and put you into spiritual bondage. But if your soul sides with your spirit, the two of them will gain up and subdue your flesh. And you will no longer be a carnal Christian, but a spiritual one. Hallelujah! Did you get it? Yes. Do you see the importance of the anointing within? Yes. And the function and the ministry of this divine unction within the believer is vitally important for us to give him the platform, the recognition, the honor, the room that he deserves in our lives. So that he's able to influence our unrenewed mind and make it renewed, restore our broken emotions. So many of us have been hurt in the soul area. Even though we are born again, we are thoroughly saved, we are going to go to heaven if we die, but the soul of many believers is broken. It is damaged severely because of the of what happened in their lives as they as they were growing up or or terrible experiences affect the emotional life of the believer. And, and so we get born again and we carry this wounded soul within us. We carry these wounded emotions within us. We carry this unforgiveness, this anger, this bitterness. All of these things poison the life of the believer. Amen. And all of these things need to be dealt with through the anointing of the Spirit within us, using the Word, bringing healing and restoration within the soul of the believer, the mind, the will, and the emotions. So many of us are wounded in our minds. Others are wounded in the soul, in the emotional area. Others come to a place where they can no longer make decisions for themselves. They always ask other people to make decisions for them. Why? Because they've been wounded in their soul and they have not been ministered to or restored yet. Amen. So, we're talking about emotional healing. We're talking about uh, um, uh, not not just emotional, and but also uh, the the mind needs to be ministered to, needs to be renewed, and needs to be healed. And that is the work of the anointing within, using the Word of God and applying it to our situation. If you study Psalm 23, you will see that... Let's let's look at Psalm 23. I don't have that in my notes, 
But let's go to Psalm 23 and look at it closely. Psalm 23. All right. This is, this is one of the Psalms of David, and this is what it says. It's a very well-known psalm. Let's, let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Notice verse 3. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. The soul needs restoration. The soul needs deliverance. The soul needs salvation. That's why James says, Receive the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Yes, your spirit is born again, and you may be born again for years, but you still need to be ministered to in your soul. Amen. And how does God restore our soul? He leads us in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He restores our soul through the ministry of the Word by the unction of the Holy Spirit within. Amen. And it's an important part of our lives yes. to be healed, to be ministered to, and to be restored in our soul. That's why many believers don't have peace. They're always stressed. They're always fearful. What they need to do is to delve into the Word of God, give honor to the unction within, and allow the Spirit of God within to minister to them and apply the Word of God in the area of the soul where it is hurting and struggling. Amen. This is what Jesus meant when He said, he will take the things of mine and show them to you. Another translation says, He will reveal them to you. So He imparts His divine nature to us by revelation of the anointing within. He does so as we take the time to meditate and study the Word of God. Amen. Simple enough? Explanatory enough? Yes. So, don't be too harsh when you see believers around you, or even yourself, acting fleshly and carnal, even though you've been born again for many years. Amen. Baptized Amen. in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, yet acting very immaturely. We must grow in the fruit of the Spirit. We must grow in the formation of our character as the Spirit of God within us is given the room, the honor, and, and the submission as He ministers to us in every area of our lives. Now that brings us to the end of this lesson as well today of part three. 
I, I will see how the Holy Spirit will lead us from here on. He may want us to do more teaching on the subject. But I believe this is one of the things the Lord said to me when He opened up this subject for me to teach. He said, the Word of God must come alive in the life of the believer. And when the Word of God comes alive by the Spirit of God, we are being ministered to, not just in our spirit, but also in the area of our soul. Amen. Father, we thank you for the study of the anointing within today. Thank you for showing us why we have the anointing of the Spirit within. Thank you for His ministry within us. And Father, we repent today for our ignorance, for dishonoring Him, for not recognizing and valuing the ministry of the unction of the Holy Spirit within us. We ask your forgiveness. And Father, we ask that by your grace you will teach us how to learn to walk with Him all the days of our lives. Thank you that you not left us alone. We are not orphans. But your word says, He that is within you is greater than he that is in the world. We bless you for the unction of the Spirit within us. And we appreciate Him and we thank you for Him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.